we have had a good day. I do not believe that I am capable of recreating the moment when I asked you, does our God's desire and His seeking for true worshipers light you up? I made the appeal. What will you do with it? Have you already forgotten it? Will you forget it this afternoon? Will you forget it by tomorrow? Or do you remember that in John chapter 4, it says, God seeketh those to worship Him in spirit and in truth. Right. He seeketh such that will worship Him. Jesus was laying that out before the woman of Samaria. He was shortly to lay it out to the men of her city because she ran back into Sychar and said, I have found the Messiah. He's told me ever, everything I ever did. That's a little bit of a hyperbole, but it was good enough based on him nailing her so perfectly about her five marriages and living with a sixth man. And they went out to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. But I ask you, who's going to respond to that call? I want to tell you that very, very few do in the best of churches. Very, very few do. Everyone cares more for their own things than the things of the Lord. Timothy was a great exception to Paul. And Paul said so because he had no man like-minded who cared for the things of the Lord, not his own things. Right. What are you today? Are you like a David or are you like a Lot? You're more interested in pitching your tent towards Sodom, your, your professional ambitions, your academic goals, your athletic pleasure and excitement, your working out, your family, your getting a spouse, getting a car, getting a house, having your first house, decorating your house. What are these things? They're so bubbles of vanity. All of them. All of them. The Father seeks such that will worship Him in spirit and in truth. That means their heart, their spirit is His. And they love Him and they give Him that unvarnished. They give it to Him without hypocrisy. They give it all to Him. They give it to Him with zeal. And they do it according to God's Word. I'm not going to attempt to recreate that moment. I'm just going to take a few more minutes with you. Do the youth that I'm going to address in a couple of minutes, in a few minutes, for a couple of minutes, do you understand that you are very blessed? You are blessed because you were born in America. You are blessed because you're healthy. You are blessed because you have tremendous educational opportunities. You are blessed because there's unlimited employment opportunities. You are blessed, almost all of you, for wonderful parents. But do you know that you're very blessed? You have been given a thing that most, when I say most, I mean 99.9999% of the world does not have. And it is truth. It is God's truth. It is an understanding of Scripture that most do not have. It is a knowledge of the holy. 
It is the knowledge that Jehovah is our God, that His Son is Jesus Christ, that He is the incarnate Son of God, that He is the only Savior from sin, that baptism is by immersion of believers in water, that the holy days of the Church of Rome are absolutely pagan and idolatrous in name, custom, and origin, and on and on and on we can go with blessings of truth. You are blessed. The God of heaven chose you. He chose you out of 6.8 billion and conveyed to you a body of truth called doctrine. He chose you. You you are bound to give thanks, 2 Thessalonians 2.13. But you are bound to be faithful to it, to hold fast the things that we've been taught, and to count yourself a blessed man. You have had things poured into your ears that many wise men, many kings have desired to see and to hear and did not see or hear. It's by no wisdom in here. It's by the mercy of God. You are blessed. Are you thankful to be a member of this church? Do you want to be a member of this church if you're not a member already? Do you love what this church holds? Do you know why we're different? We don't like being different. We're different because we have to be different. Because we're going to follow God's Word the way it tells us to worship Him. Because Jesus said, God seeks those who will worship Him in truth. And that truth was, it's according to God's Word. Do you know that you're blessed so much that it lights up that spirit inside you so that you can be the worshiper of John chapter 4 that worships Him in spirit? You don't just show up on Sunday and warm the two inches of foam rubber that is beneath you. You have a spirit inside you that is alive and full of zeal and adores the Lord, loves Almighty God, loves His Son Jesus Christ, loves His Gospel, loves His Word, loves the Proverbs, loves Malachi, loves John 4, loves Romans 9, loves it all, loves God's blessing. And if God never blessed you again, you would still love Him. And that you thank Him that He created you so that you can know Him. If He hadn't even given you existence, what do you have existence for? Fun? Fun? The most fun is worshiping God, is loving Him. It gives greater satisfaction to the heart and soul than blowing a bunch of bucks on an exhilarating ride that is over within a couple of minutes and you wonder, where did all my money go? It's like the 4th of July. You know, they raise thousands and tens of thousands of dollars and a few bangs and pops and sparkly lights later. It's quiet, calm, dark night, and the money is gone. You're very blessed. And do you know how you're going to be blessed in a few days? You're going to be able to get, you're going to be able to go away for a couple of nights with others of your age group that are also blessed. And together, you can celebrate. God has blessed us so abundantly. Jacob, he had four wives and his 12 sons, and they were all young, and he was afraid for his life. But when he went to the God of heaven, he knew he was a very blessed man. I am not worthy of the least of all the mercies and of all the truth that you have shown me. Thy servant, 
Plus, yes, I was alone and just had a staff in my hands when I came over this river 20 years ago, and now I'm in two bands. I'm too big to travel together. Yes, he'd been blessed, but notice what he put first. He was thankful for the truth God had shown him. Are you thankful for that? I would crawl inside you and light a fire there if I knew how. It is outside of my power. I pray for it. I labor for it. I'm appealing to you now for it. And I shall pray for it when I leave this place. And I will not be content until I see more of you aroused and loving this God that is seeking true worshipers. He has given you the opportunity to walk through an open door and be one of his true worshipers. Some of us have had to seek for it and search for it and stumble into it by God's merciful grace. We didn't have it. We didn't even know where to look for it. We didn't even know what we were missing. We thought we were content because we were deceived. To be deceived is to believe a lie and not know it. To believe a lie is a terrible thing, but to believe a lie and not know it is a horrible thing. And that's deception. The Lord's shown us so much, He's shed the, He's opened His light on us when it comes to truth. I will only, no one else knows what truth is. You know, I'm not going to ask for you to raise your hands. I don't want to embarrass you. And I don't want to shame me. There's, there's a three and a half page commentary on Proverbs 18.2 sitting in your inbox. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. A proverb is a dark saying. What what do those words mean? A fool. A categorization of Scripture that we don't want to be. A fool has no delight in understanding. Truth doesn't excite him. Does truth excite you? Does truth excite you? Do you ever shout, wow, look at what the Lord's shown us? Right. Does it excite you? If it doesn't, you're a fool. Right. A fool hath no delight in understanding, but that his heart may discover itself. The, the meaning of that second clause, a fool just wants to talk. A fool just wants to tell you what they think. They want to tell you their opinions, and that's what the stinking world does. And that's what our modern educational system has catered to for the last 50 years, and it's made a mess of our entire nation. They sit in a class now, and instead of a teacher telling them, this is right and this is wrong, instead of a teacher getting up in the morning and saying, I'm going to teach you something today, the teacher gets up and says, class, now what do you think about this subject? What in the world would you ask a student a retarded question like that? They don't have a clue about what's up or down, what's black or white. They need to be taught. And so, it's been catered to in our educational system. Those children get to sit around, well, I think this. Well, I think that. Well, I, I just don't know. Well, none of you do. You're idiots. And it's catered to. Can you believe that they would take a poll of college students about any political matter? 
The dumbest people on earth that are not living at home are college students. The most ignorant, inexperienced, hormone-crazed people on earth are at colleges. And they'll take a poll of them as to who ought to be the next president. They've never paid a dollar in taxes. All they've been are sucking leeches on our national budget. They've burned our money with their foolish classes about underwater basket weaving and psychology. A fool has no delight in understanding but that his heart may discover itself. Now, discover in the Bible is a verb describing revealing, exposing, opening up. It wants to talk. It doesn't want to be taught. It doesn't want to increase an understanding. It wants to help your understanding by its bright ideas. What are you? Now, let me say it this way. I didn't ask you to raise your hand if you'd read that three and a half pages. If it takes you five minutes to read it, it took me 40 times as long to write it. If you haven't read it, what's your excuse? You're too busy? What have you been doing? It's there for, to open up that verse. That is a, that is a pithy statement. That's what a proverb is. A little pithy statement of an observation about life. And Solomon was not only the wisest man in the world, the richest man in the world, the king of Israel, he was inspired by God. And so God, by these little jewels of truth and wisdom, has given us an understanding to make us different from the rest of the world. You know, we don't believe sitting in class and asking, what do you think, class? You know, if we wanted their opinion, we'll give it to you. When we want your opinion, we'll give it to you. How much do you love truth? I want to show you the Lord Jesus Christ, John chapter 18, as he had a little exchange with another person. John chapter 18. Are you going to review John 4 today? Do you think you could read it again this next week? John 4? How many minutes? If you're a woman especially, you know, I'm thankful for the two women, my two, two of my sisters that I got to talk to at break time that said John 4 is one of their favorite passages in the whole Bible. One of them said they get goosebumps thinking about that woman of, don't you? Thinking about that woman, I perceive, sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. And then he gives her a prophecy. Then she says, I know the Messiah needs to come who's the Christ, and then he's going to tell us all things that we need to know about the true worship of God. I am he that speaketh with thee. I am the Messiah. Does that excite you? A woman. My brother was getting me over the food line. And you know, we can stand there and appreciate good food. We both like to eat. But you know, my brother and I were exchanging at break time because Paul wanted to tell me that wasn't happen chance that Jesus arrived at the Jacob's well at the time that woman of Sychar came out. He wasn't so tired he couldn't go further. It was all part of his divine plan. He was going to meet that woman. And do you know what he knew? Do you know what he knew with crystal clear clarity? That God had much people in the city of Sychar. 
And he was going to get to them through the woman of Samaria. Because she ran into that city and said, isn't this the Messiah? He just told me everything I ever did. That kind of a conversation. What else was there to talk about at lunch? You know, Allison, where are you? I see you. Allison came in and caught me eating a plate full of four pieces. Four pieces of bacon. And I said, Allison, do you know that Jesus could never eat bacon? He couldn't have pepperoni pizza. He couldn't have sausage. He couldn't have pork chops. He couldn't have ham. Because the Old Testament was all based on outward things, what you could put in your mouth and what you couldn't put in your mouth. But Jesus changed all that when He died on the cross. He blew out all those old rules. And so now we can have pig meat. Allison's response, it is all so good. (laughs) Amen, Allison! Pig meat is good stuff! And we get to eat it because Jesus died. And He put away those Old Testament rules. He fulfilled John 4. The hour is coming and now is when you'll get to eat pepperoni pizza because God is a spirit and He doesn't care what you put in your mouth. Every creature of God is good to be received with thanksgiving if it is sanctified by the Word of God in prayer. 1 Timothy chapter 4. It's all part of it. What were you talking about at break time? I enjoyed that conversation. Brianna, did we have a similar one in the back steps of the fellowship hall as you were eating your plate of bacon? The Word of God applies to every part of our lives. We should be talking about it. It's a wonderful thing. It wasn't happen chance that Jesus met the woman of Samaria. It was by divine plan and the providence of God that those two would have that encounter that day. The apostles came and marveled. They did not interfere. It was a wonderful exchange. She came and brought more. And Jesus saw the fields went into harvest. And wherever, this is our field right now. Us and our children. It is your heart. Do you want to be one of those true worshipers that worships Him in spirit and in truth? Jesus had another exchange. He's on trial for His life. He's on trial for His life by one of the most educated men in worldly wisdom outside the nation of Israel itself, the governor of Judea, appointee of the Roman Empire. In John chapter 18, verse 37, Jesus is on trial for His life before Pilate. Pilate therefore said unto Him, in verse 37, Art thou a king then? Jesus answered, Thou sayest that I am a king. To this end was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone that is of the truth heareth my voice. Pilate, who had graduated cum laude, from the University of Rome and then its military academy saith unto him, what is truth? Those polytheistic, boy-loving Romans did not know what truth was. They didn't even know what the true and living God was, so they had a polytheistic religion of many gods. What is truth? That's the world today. 
Some think it's truth depends on your situation you're in. Situational ethics. Some think truth is personally relative or personal. It's whatever you think truth is. LeJohn, what do you think about this event that's in the newspaper? It's personal. Well, I think this. She thinks that. But let's all respect each other's opinions. Read the proverb commentary if you have any time. Some think truth is found by sincerity. The prophets of Baal were very serious and sincere. Some think truth is found in science. Whatever facts scientists can prove must be truth. Some think, some think truth is measured by popularity. Some by antiquity, the older the better. Some by education. Some by personality, powerful and charming men. How can they be wrong? Some think truth is measured by feelings. Well, I just feel that it's the right way. I just feel that that's the truth. Oh, you're trusting your deceitful heart. Some think truth is to be found in results. That if something works, that must mean it's truth. Oh no. God calls that the prosperity of fools. He will let fools, foolish ideas, sometimes work just to keep you blinded. He hath blinded them so that they cannot see, Isaiah 44. He sends strong delusion, 2 Thessalonians 2. Truth is measured all these different ways. Pilate said, what is truth? What is truth? Is there any truth? Where can I find truth? You know there's no truth. How can we measure truth? Who's got the truth? What is truth? And when he had said this, he went out again unto the Jews and saith unto them, I find in him no fault at all, but crucify him. For this cause was I born, and for this cause came I into the world, that I should bear witness unto the truth. The woman of Samaria heard it and ran into the city and said, I believe I have found the Messiah. Mrs. Pilate said, in other words, you are messing with the Messiah. He said, Crucify him for political expediency. I ask you, which are you the most like? Is the preaching and our time together today going to light you up to be a true worshiper of God? Or are you like Pilate? You hear the Son of God declare himself to be king and the witness of the truth, and you get up and just go about your business without doing anything to honor the Lord Jesus Christ, and to worship God. May God have mercy upon all of us and stir us up by the power of His Holy Spirit to be the true worshipers that He seeks. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.